0: Off up. Now he kicks into the in goal. Howlett getting back there.
1: him! Left into the Welcome back everyone, this is Green and Gold Rugby. I think we're up to episode 216, depends whether or not you count those uh, egg chaser episodes and the uh, the Rivers of Arrogance episode I did last week. But say, yes, let's say we do count them, episode 216 is what it is. Now it's been a tough week for Wallaby supporters and we had a big blow with David Pocock ruled out of the upcoming test and similarly we've copped a blow as well with Matt Gagarelli also out of the gagger. Uh, podcast tonight, which is incidentally obviously brought to you by Sportpool. You look at uh, recruitment and bring people in, and we've done that. And just as we expect the Wallabies, the new boys and the Wallabies to step up, we've got a new boy ourselves, or at least someone we've been bringing through the development rate ranks. Uh, Bobus from the booth, Rob Mitchell, you're joining us. How are you going, Rob?
2: Yeah, very good. Rugby Reg, obviously not happy with the
1: result last weekend, but looking forward to the game on um, on Saturday. All right, we're well, looking forward tonight, mate, looking forward and uh, and to help us look forward and you, you talk about losing some of the experience of, of Matt. It's grateful that we have, you always look for your next most experienced man to step up after that and that's you, Hugh Cavill, we're expecting big things from you this tonight.
0: Oh, well, that's good. I'm I'm ready. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I mean, um, I'll probably do a bit of a Michael Hooper and just just hang back a little bit, you know. Just, <laughs> oh, oh. I'll come in and, I'll come in and and claim the glory when I need to, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pick my moments.
1: Excellent. Now, guys, it has been a tough week for Aussie fans, particularly in relation to our, our English friends. We obviously had the test loss on Saturday night, and then for those who watched it this morning, oh, in fact, even for those who didn't watch it, the results the damn same. The, uh, the under-20s, the, uh, the English got up again against our Wallabies. So we're, we're struggling. The whole country's struggling, boys. So what I want to know is personally what you guys are doing to stem the tide. What are you do- guys doing to to make a difference and stopping this English onslaught, Bobus?
2: Uh, three things I'm doing. I'll explain them very slowly. So the first one is I'm watching I'm watching House on um, Netflix. So I've got a Netflix account. I'm watching all the episodes of House because Hugh Laurie is much better when he's using his, um, his uh, <laughs> American accent than he is with his British accent in any, <laughs> in any acting role. The other thing I'm doing is I'm only dealing with currency – Above ten dollar notes. If you notice, all our currency five and below has the Queen's face on one of the sides. I'm dealing in tens. I like it. Tens them well. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, but I'm offsetting that with um. Well, I'm losing money there, so I'm offsetting that with not flushing the toilet because in nineteen oh, sorry, in fifteen ninety six. The modern toilet flush was invented by John Harrington, an Englishman, who obviously coined the phrase John. Ah, He invented the modern flush on the toilet. So I'm not doing that this week. Dealing in tens or more and watching um, Hugh Laurie as um, Dr. House.
1: I must say, I'm glad I'm only dealing with you over Skype, mate. Not, not the same <laughs> studio together then. Um, Hugh, what about you, mate? What's your, what's your role? What are you I've doing done, for I've us? Haven't done the, the historical
0: research for the, the, that uh, <laughs> I need to clearly. No, we don't. We don't refer to the 1500s as much as we used to <laughs> on this podcast. Rich.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: um, oh well, look, you know, I actually had a bit of a thought today, you know, and we were talking about this amongst ourselves about, you know let's let's boycott the english and sort of try and act in a way that they that they that they wouldn't and seriously I actually gave it some thought and I, and I did something i, I haven't done f- that i've been meaning to for quite a while but i actually um i booked an appointment with a dentist oh. whoa um, and uh and so uh i'm going to see the dentist um Excellent. next week so that that's that- my that's my contribution i'm going i'm i'm going to i'm going to um yeah, get get my teeth uh, checked out and fixed up, and and um, hopefully give myself a bit of a point of difference for the for our the friends.
1: <laughs> Clean teeth, that'll show them. That's good, mate. <laughs> well, that's good. I I'm a,
0: when, I'm a when, bit of- when when I'm at the Sydney game and Bernard Foley is about to kick the winning goal and looks up and sees my beaming smile, um, in the cheap seats, then uh, that that'll get us home.
1: It'll be like those Argentina lasers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right put them off, mate. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's exactly.
1: Well, good stuff, lads. Great to hear you're, uh, you're doing that, doing your bit. Me, myself, I've pulled my kids out of any English lessons at school this past <laughs> week. So we're not going to um, support that propaganda anymore. We're Focus is, is slowly, uh, solely on maths and also get them out in the footy fields to do some more practice because that's what we need at the moment. But we are not talking about the test. We did our review of that test on Sunday night. Uh, with the Egg Chaser Lads podcast, uh, which was uh, a, a ripping time despite the blow the good lads there and, and we've enjoyed that series and we'll do it again on Sunday night. And hopefully this time the Aussies can give us a bit more to talk about. Um, but we, are, we do have our five burning questions tonight and I'll run through these guys so the, the listeners can get your answers ready and, and you guys can have a bit of a reminder. The first thing is the biggest thing that needs to change from last week to this week to Saturday night for us to snag the win Number two, who do we expect a big match from, from a Aussie perspective? Or, or you could even answer that, who do we need a big match from? Question three, what concerns you the most about this weekend? Four, can the English do it again? Whether it's a simple question or not, but can the English do what they did on last Saturday night? Can they do it again? And five, we've got this extended bench. The team's been named that we're going to lose a few players from what do you reckon that shape up, the the, the shape-up of that bench is going to be? So let's start with the first one. The biggest thing that needs to change from last week, Bobis, we're going to bring you in. You, you've you been chomping at the beat all season to have more of a say on this podcast, so let's go straight to you, mate.
2: Okay, the biggest thing we need to change, this is going to be a bit
1: controversial,
2: but I think that we should be looking at the Jake Ball tactics. How are we getting the ball back to their end and how are we playing at the right end of the field? Because we... We did well in a lot of aspects in the last test and we need to get into the right area of the field in order to do that and to maximise our performance. I just think that um, our kicking to touch was poor. It's the first time I've seen Folau make two mistakes in a row in that regard and um, I just think we need a little bit better set piece and a little bit better um, tactical kicking and that's the biggest
1: thing for me. So the exit strategies, mate. Yeah, yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah, even the, the, strategies. Sure. Even from our penalties, you know, we're just not getting much distance these days. I, I you know, I crave for the years of Latho, where you know you, you know you could, you could crack yeah. out one of those banana kicks and you'd be 70 meters downfield from a, uh, a penalty with a, a tight angle. Um, what about you, Hugh? What's your thing? What needs to change this weekend?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. That's a really good point, Rob. And that was kind of something I was going to say. We just didn't really get enough of that territory um, or territory, as, as you would regularly pronounce it, I suppose. Um, uh, and you know, That's a whole
1: there. English thing getting in the way there.
0: <laughs> That's right. Um, and, you know, I think the thing I'll say is, is, is what we need to fix is I'd like to see a, um, our defence a bit tighter. Uh, uh, every time the English got the ball, they seemed to make ground fairly easily. And after three or four phases, they really had – um, tested us around the fringe and created some quite easy overlaps. Um, and we probably scrambled pretty well in the end to kind of limit them. Uh, but uh, I'd just like to see a bit more structure, a bit more organization, try and get them behind the game line a bit more and be a bit more aggressive. And, and, um, Hopefully the changes that we've made might help with that, but um, yeah, and defence takes a while to come together, and, and hopefully you know you'd expect it to be better the second game in, but uh, still I think it's like we need to uh, improve um, certainly.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Look, I um to me it's what I noticed one of the things that dropped off was the uh, the intensity in defence or, or the. Uh, the willingness to work off the line. It's something I think England maintained for the whole game, but I think I was watching the replay and it was really apparent early on when we started the the test last week, but for whatever reason, it was almost... I think it was almost after those two tries and, you know, we talked about in the, the last podcast, it was such a turning point. So many things happened around there that it really changed the game, but one of the things that was apparent from my perspective with the Wallabies is that intensity to get off the line just slowed, you know, and while the Poms were maintain their aggression um, it was less so for us so I I just think that's important we've got to get in their face and get off that line and really put a a stem to that that flow that um, they created and and I guess this week they've they've brought uh, Ford back to start and Farrell into 12 so you know they're really going to be using that ball uh, that they started to do uh, in the later half of that game so yeah big one for, for me there so um, let's see how much uh, Michael Cheeker, uh, how close we are to Michael Chica's thoughts, and how the teams come out on uh, on Saturday night. Um, all right, so that's a bit of a holistic team perspective, Hugh. What about a player? You know, who do you expect a big match from from a Wallaby perspective? I
0: expect Reggie. I might see your thunder a bit because this is one of those this is one of those guys that you had you've been speaking about for a while. I expect a big game out of James Slipper. Um, I, I I think you were pretty much correct, Reg, um, and that he should have started the first test. Uh, I, there was a clear improvement when he came on. He's just in better form, and you know you forget that he's uh, chomping at the bit. You hope to, to get his Wallaby starting spot back. He was you know he was a bit of a he was a laydown to, to lead us into the World Cup, but then injuries happened and he fell out of form a bit, and Scott CO came out. Um, of left field to take that spot, and 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 um, I, I hope that Slipper is um, is is hurting a little bit and, and uh, ready to come out and show in his first start that uh, that you know he's still a, still the number one in, in the number one so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's a good one, mate. I, I think you're right, and I think what Slipper has, he's got the smarts, and I've really watched him scrum this year, and he's had to work guys out at times, and he's tried different things in those scrums, and I think what a lot of the articles we've we've linked to, and um, that great one that Matt did himself, show on Co is, is for whatever reasons, he was done over, but he wasn't able to adjust. And I think Slipper will hopefully have that, a little bit more experience to be able to do that. I mean, he's still a young guy, but he's uh, 70-odd test caps, um, and you learn that sort of stuff. So, yeah, like that one. What about you, Bobas?
2: I think um, it's the quietest game I've ever seen Scott Fardy play in. In yeah. terms of his um, his positive to negative, usually he gives away a few penalties and they're in better better areas of the field to give them away. But in the last test, he gave away a few dumb ones, which he's not usually accustomed to. And I just think he was targeted in the middle and he got – he was playing outside of, of where he normally – he normally, with the Brumbies, he's normally quite a tight number six. He normally pretty much covers lock. And um, in that game, he was playing very wide, and I think that it didn't suit his play. So with um, with McMahon coming into eight, I think that'll see Fardy end up more in the middle, and I think he's going to have a better game because he, he's not as quick as other um, pilferers. So he's going to have an ability to get to the breakdown first and be a pest, get over the ball, and win some more breakdowns. And so I that's interesting. I'll,
1: we'll see Fardy... We'll see Fardy um, Come into fruition. So you reckon? So last week, and, and Murray and seller did this great um, piece, and we were just chatting about it offline before about the Wallaby attack structure, where we had Hooper and Fardy out wide uh, with the pods of three internally. You, you reckon McMahon will end up out wide, and Fardy will move closer in on the ball? I just think that Fardy's
2: not an out wide player. He's got no. the ball skills to play out wide, but he's not. He's not as quick as Hooper and McMahon. I mean, Hooper is. An exceptionally quick back rower. Same with Gill, um, but Fardy is not in that class. He's he's more of the speed of a of a um, of a lock, but his ability to stay over the ball and to um and to steal it and to stay on his feet as the um, people come to clear him out is exceptional. And I think that if he stays in the middle of the field, he's going to have more opportunity for that.
1: Yeah, okay, good stuff. That's interesting. That uh, gives me a bit of hope. I'm quite excited about the uh, the thought about Fardy back in close and McMahon perhaps being the one lurking wide. Um, mine, and, and this through my con- contractual obligation with the Queensland Reds, is to mention another Queensland player, and uh, it's Karevi. I mean, I think I try to mention him as many times per podcast. I'm not sponsored by him. But, uh, um, I, I you know, I, I maintain, I think he was solid on, on last Saturday night, but I think... You know, for the Reds, he's the man. And when he gets that ball, he gets to do whatever he wants. And if he wants to run 100% of the time, we love him. And, he, and you know, he, 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 it's generally effective. I get the impression in this test, he realised, oh, jeez, I've got Kurandrani there and I've got Izzy Folau there and I've got Foley there. I, I should ship this on and, you know, give it to them and give them a go. I think Karevi, and I'm pretty sure Chika will will say this to him because he did pre uh, mid-super rugby season – will say, Karevi, go yourself, mate. Samu, have a run. Back yourself. Um, and I hope we'll see a bit more of, of running and in, with intent from him on, on Saturday night because I think he'll cause a lot of damage. I don't think we saw the best of him on Saturday. He gained plenty of metres and showed a bit, but I think there's uh, plenty more we'll see there from uh, the Samu Karevi. Um, all right, so th- that gives a bit of a hope. There, and I, I like what you're saying, Bobus but m- what's what's concerning you about this weekend? Um, the team's been named. There's a few changes there. Um, you know, th- there's lots to consider. Bogox out, all that sort of stuff. What's your big concern about this weekend, mate? Rob?
2: Um, my big concern... Um, all right. Oh, can we throw to Hugh and come back to me?
1: Oh, what? Oh, God, look oh, at this rookie here. I can edit
2: this out. What are these
1: rookies... <laughs> No, no, you're not editing <laughs> this out. You've got oh, a of editing. Lee's yeah, 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 rookie's coming in here. Give him the chance, Hugh. Oh, that's look. But, right. and, Show and just some experience, for the, mate.
0: For the listeners out there, by this point in the podcast, Bobus
1: has already edited most of my good stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, and actually that's
1: happened most weeks. And gone know? back and that your pertinent points in his own voice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's
0: it.
2: It's a stitch-up.
0: It's all a stitch-up. Um no, so um, well. Look, I'm a, I don't. I the injuries have worried me a little bit. You know that the, we just losing David Pocock. It's the obvious losing David Pocock, but also losing Rob Simmons. I mm-hmm. think Simmons is obviously a tough guy to cover for. He he runs our lineout, and it's certainly struggled without him there. And Sam Carter coming in. Look, I'm not. I'm not the biggest Sam Carter fan. Um, he's obviously there for his lineout skills. So it'd be interesting to see if, if if he can patch up our lineup then that 's half his job done but i 'm um, I'm not, I'm not convinced that he 's a test quality player at this point. Happy for him to prove me wrong but um, that that 's kind of my worries Just those kind of little changes that we didn 't need with England still you know at one hundred percent we have just lost a few of our guns and and um, in a series that 's two very evenly matched sides seeding even the slightest advantage to England's going to hurt us. So that, that's what worries me, just that, that personnel issue.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a pretty legitimate call. It's a heavy reliance on that Brumby, Brumby combination there and Arnold and Carter, and you compare them with Simmons and Douglas we had when we took them on the World Cup last year. It's, uh, with all due respect to the Brumby boys, it's a, it's a bit of a step down. Um, Rob, are you ready for us, or would you like me to come back oh, to you?
2: certainly. I'm no. certainly ready. And you, you jog my memory when you're talking about Brumby boys Um, Hugh, because I think that we didn't dominate the breakdown last week, so how are we going to go without um, Dave Pocock there? Um, So, we've got um, McMahon coming in, he's a good player, fantastic ball runner, he's not David Pocock at the breakdown, Hooper's not David Pocock at the breakdown, and... If we haven't won the last breakdown, in terms of like in the last test match, we haven't won the breakdown at all. They won, I think, three turnovers to one to them. Um, so, you know, where, where, where are we going to get the dominance from? Where are we going to get... I mean, we're really good at that in terms of historically, Australia is very good at the breakdown. And um, without David Pocock, we might be, we might be struggling.
1: Yeah, and you say that three to one. I think that also neglects to count within there. I think I think Pocock snagged a couple of penalties, hands on the ball, and the palms not releasing. Um, but this is where your man Fardy needs to turn up too, particularly if he's in the middle exactly. there, isn't it? That's we're going to be reliant on him big time. Um, all right, good one. Mine's not so much um, a player, but it's, it's, I'm still concerned about the Wallaby, wallaby mentality or where their head space is at the moment. They did look shell shocked. At times during that test, particularly that went on, and we saw it with Sio, and he's not even in the squad now. But Stephen Moore, I reckon they really got to him. Fardy's the same. Um, I think the boys, and, and we do have some rookies in this squad with with Karevi and Halep Petty and Rory Arnold all playing just their second test. There is uh, and McMahon even a uh, you know a rookie himself. There is some youth in this team, which is great from an enthusiasm perspective. But um, we've got to be really reliant on that on those experienced heads and our whole front row now, Slipper, Moore and Kepu, who have got a, a lot of tests under their belt and, and maybe they're the guys that really have to, to to lead the way and I'm not talking, you know, this niggly stuff that, like I said, I saw more get into in the weekend, which I reckon was just a little bit off off kilter from his perspective and what we didn 't need i 'm um, hoping there there 's that tough no nonsense attitude, but it 's all about the footy and all about uh, maintaining our, our our physical dominance or creating this physical dominance of the english so it 's just that mentality i 'm a little bit concerned and uh, about where that stands at the moment with this wallaby team, and it 'll be a fascinating uh, aspect of the game as to whether they uh, whether they can overcome that for this weekend because the English are most definitely on a high uh, as we saw from the celebrations and have heard quite repeatedly from their fans all week. Um, And and talking about the English guy, let's go to our fourth burning question here and it's about the English. I mean, they were superb on Saturday night. Um, Hugh, do you reckon they're capable of of backing up and doing it again?
0: Yeah, of course. I'm I'm really worried that they will. Um, And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, and I'll, I'll check while I say this, that if the bookmakers have installed them as favourites because they were very impressive. Um, they've had no injury issues. They can, they're now sort of, you'd hope, a little bit more adapted and at home in Australia. And the confidence, the shot of confidence that they would have gotten out of that game is, is unfathomable. I, I, to, to win in Brisbane like they did, um, to score some tries and to, you know, to get us um, off our game... Australia is still the favorites actually quite comfortably which is, is a little right? bit surprising dollar75 wow. to England's two dollars and eight but wow. the the um, English have you know had another week with Eddie another another week of of um, Eddie sort of um, firing them up and watching that game video and you know I, I've got to think that they're gonna grow equally as much as the wallabies will over the over the uh, over the week so yeah look I, I I'm not sure I'd tip them to win, but we'll get to that later, but, jeez, they're, they're going to be equally as menacing this week, if not more so.
1: Yeah, the, the big question... Oh, look, I shouldn't potentially step on your thunder, Rob, we'll, we'll see, but the, the big question is a guy... like I thought Haskell obviously was superb last week, and he's, uh, I think it surprised a lot of English supporters It's uh, whether he can back that up again because his performance was so critical to that game. So the English have made a few changes, changes um with, uh, young Jack Nowell, who came on and scored that last minute try, coming into the side from Arlen Yard, uh, Farrell moving out to 12, um, with, uh, George Ford starting, which is effectively what the team was from, uh, about 20 minutes in, uh, with that Luther Burrell, uh, stepping out early. So, but they do have a 6-2 bench, uh, ironically, which is what the Aussies were last week, and we will get to what we think the Aussie bench will be this week. So, Rob, what do you reckon, mate? Do you reckon the Poms can back it up?
2: I mean, they certainly can win the next game, but I really hope that the Wallabies don't give them the errors that they fed off in the last game. I mean, throwing the ball behind your own player while you're about the 40-metre line and letting them in for a try, it's just soft rugby. And if Australia does that again this week, then the Poms will win. And that'll be extremely disappointing because, to me, that's a massive error that no one should give away, but it happened. And if we do it again, it'll happen again. But if we play like we did for the rest of the game or the 70 minutes of exceptional rugby that we played, then we should beat them by more than seven. But the Poms are always a chance. They're They're a good team. They're a good team and they've got a good set piece. They've got a coach that protects them from the media that's obviously been hounding them especially the British media, they like to get on top of their own players and Eddie Jones does well to deflect that and to make his own headlines rather than to let a player get bogged down. I know um, George Ford, you said, is starting in 10. He missed a few kicks and the British media was saying, oh, he's not very good and he was, uh, I think Eddie Jones came out saying, well, we scored six tries so how about about we focus on that rather than our our fly half missing goal kicks. Um, Yeah
1: yeah it, it's it's a, a massive call in my eyes I, I i still don't know which way i'm going on this one and perhaps you know in a few 10 15 minutes time when the podcast wraps up and we have to do our tips i'll have some sort of insight but <laughs> it's really interesting i i just thought they were on such a high after that game um that, you know, it's a massive ask to reproduce that again. They were cute. And, that's, and that was part of my reason I tipped him, you know, because I, I know, you know Eddie loves those big matches and he, he would have been identified this for a while. He might not have been talking about it with the players, but he would have been implementing strategies and so on. So on. That was all about that big first match. What Eddie does is he wins those big matches um, uh, you know, we talked about that 2003 World Cup semi-final and the the uh, Springboks versus Japanese match in the Rugby World Cup last year, and then this one, but. Uh, yeah. The thing they all have in common is that they couldn't back up the next week. The Wallabies went down to the Poms in the World Cup final. Still a pretty damn good performance. The uh, Japanese obviously lost. And let's see if those come in threes once again and the uh, English England go down this week because um, it is a huge ask to maintain that energy and, and performance that they had last week. So I might be talking myself into it that uh, they can't reproduce again. We'll see how that goes. Um our fifth burning question guys is about the bench. So we talked about the England team name there and and we've we've touched on the Aussie team changes with McMahon coming at number eight and Carter coming in at lock. But what uh, what Michael Chica has done is named a rather expansive bench and we don't know when this will cut down it might not be till Saturday but if I run through them and hopefully he doesn't cut them down overnight and this becomes completely redundant but Tatafi's on the bench and in the front row we've got Toby Smith and Greg Holmes so you can assume all those three will stay on as uh, the World Rugby Regulations. He's got uh, a couple of second rowers in James Hall and Dean Mum. He's got three back rowers in Palu, McKelman and Liam Gill. And then he's got Frisbee, Liliafano, who are both on the bench last week, and they're joined by Luke Morahan on the bench. So, Babis, which way do you reckon this is going to go? Who's the three he's going to admit? Are we going to go for a 6-2 bench again? Or is he going to even it up and have an outside back there as well? Or I guess he's got to consider Rob Horn's injury when he makes all those decisions?
2: Um, with um, the bench, I would be getting rid of Mum, Palu, and Morahan. I think that um, you've got to have the three front roles, obviously, as backup because yep. they need to come on. I think Hall covers four to six. Mc, uh, McCalman covers basically six to eight. Liam Gill is the out-and-out out fetcher. You've got Frisbee that covers the nine, and Leah Lafano that covers the 10, 12, 15, and then you've got the players on the field that can slot into different positions regarding um, whoever's coming on. I think that's the way that it should be done, but it would not surprise me if Mum makes the 23, and I expect him to make the 23. I'm just not the greatest fan of him, and his last game, I don't think was. I would say I don't think he made the impact that he should have made. I think he he juggled a lot of balls. He did get a good line out steal, but he yeah. juggled a lot of balls coming into contact, and I think it slowed him down. And he got he got um. You oh, you're
0: ends. gonna
1: make you're gonna make Reg angry. He's a big <laughs> Dean Mum fan, is he? <laughs> I'll be back, I'll be back, mate. I'm just gonna go. No, I'm right there with you, <laughs> Um This <laughs> <laughs> interesting one, though. He's got a couple of. I, I expect Mum to be there. I, I don't think he deserves yeah. to, but I expect him to be there. I think as he's made the point a, a number of times, and and quite correctly, and, and and very astutely, that Chica knows what he gets out of him, and, and he's a fan of his play. Um, but it really is an interesting dynamic. I don't think Gill will remain. I don't think they'll have another I hope he does though. I want I'd him to remain. It. I'd love it. It'd be fantastic. But I Hugh, what do you think? How do you reckon that makeup's gonna fall? Yeah, look, I, I think
0: we all know, to be honest, in our heart of hearts that Liam Gill's not gonna be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, look, we'd all love to see him, but in terms of the balance. You got to, look, McMahon and Hooper are going to be able to play eighty. So when we, you know Fardy's the guy that gets subbed in that back row, and we just are going to need that physical presence um, in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes in that back row. And the and to me the guy that provides that's McCalman, and he has provided it in the past quite reliably. So I was I was surprised he wasn't put on the first test bench, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't get the nod here. Parlu to me goes. Um, but you know, offers a similar product to McCarman, but I don't think is as reliable. Um, and the third person to go goes probably Morahan. Reg, you touched on an interesting point about um, Rob Horn's injury, and I think that might affect it. Obviously, if he's still not not a hundred percent, then then uh, Morahan might be a show of staying on the bench. But honestly, I thought our bench strategy worked pretty well. Everyone was kind of getting down on the bench, guys, and I didn't I didn't quite understand why because. You know, we were finishing with a wet sail in those last 15 minutes. And and even with Scott CO in the sin bin, we were still um, sort of coming pretty well in the last sort of 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And, and um, I thought every one of the bench guys stuck their hand up, including Mum, who I thought had some good moments. So um, I don't think chick is going to waver too far from that strategy. And so that's why um, – Palu, Gill and Morahan will be um, sitting it out, unfortunately, for them.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I think that six. I'd love to see a more balanced bench with Morahan there as an option, but I think particularly now the English have gone six-two. You know their strategy; they're just going they, they just want to maintain that physicality when you've got you know launch and Laws on the bench in particular. Um, so we're going to have to counter that and and. Uh, Oh, yeah, I think Benny McCum would be the man, but still, for some reason, I just, I've just i got a feeling Palu might have a role to play, um, and it might be when uh, uh, Big Billy Vinopoulos Goes off that that Parley comes on and 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 stakes that physicality, but we'll see. I I think you're right in terms of Gill and Morahan going. I'm just not too sure whether it'll be McCalman or Parley that last person, which I'm which I guess we'll, we'll find soon enough. I'm, I said it last, but McCalman deserves to be there. Uh, form this year has been great, but what he did at the World Cup was uh, was sensational as well. So. Um, Fantastic there. Okay, guys, that's the five questions. I think it's time to put your balls on the gr- on the chopping block and let's come up with a tip. Rob, you're pretty, pretty confident? I'm pretty pretty confident. I don't think we'll make the same
2: mistakes we did before. I'm guessing the Wallabies by 10. Wallabies by 10, that's a big
1: one. Hugh, what do you reckon?
0: Yeah, look, I, I, I think the Wallabies will win. Traditionally, we do perform well on these second tests in, in terms of if, we, if we're down yeah, yeah, yeah. the first, we tend to yep. bounce back. Yep. Um, and I think with the Southern Hemisphere ref, uh, I, hope, I think Craig Jabed does yes. suit our game a lot better. Good point. And hopefully, right. you know, it, I, I, I was screaming at your podcast on Monday because as much as I was <laughs> polite about it in my after-match article, Roman Point really screwed us on a cup on a number of occasions. And every 50-50 went England's way in that game, and I think if the if Lady Luck kind of comes back a little bit, um, and we start getting the bounce of the ball a little bit more, um, then I think we'll take the test. But I think it'll be close. So I say Wallabies by four.
1: Yeah, like it. Look, I'm with you too. I think we created tries. We we, we built some good tries. England, um, yeah, definitely posed some posed some challenges for us. But I think we kept it in pretty good step. Uh, I think we'll back up again, I think, this week week, and we'll do the business. So, Aussies to do it this week, let's do it by eight, I'd say. So, meet you somewhere in the middle. Um, That pretty much wraps up the test, guys, but there is a fair bit of news going on in Australian rugby and we've done our egg chases. It doesn't enable us to talk about some of this, but we should touch on some of this. Let's start with the under-20s. Um, which was played the the final match round match was played this morning uh, over there in Manchester um, with the Aussie under twenties taking on the English and they got off to a cracking start um, and with their fullback Jack Maddox scoring uh, within the first they basically secured the ball from the kickoff and brought it back to the open side and, and Mac Mason the fly half who had a cracker put Maddox away for a try within the first minute but uh, in the end the Poms would take it away um, and. Uh, and win the match by gosh, the only score what was it, seventeen to thirteen, um, with late points. Really came home with a wet sail there. The Poms. Uh, you guys see this at all? Who got to see any of this?
0: Unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't see any of it, uh, Reg. But yeah, it's it's, uh, it's another disappointment from our from our twenties guys. I caught a bit of their game against Italy, where they came back from from being down. But you know, you, they lost that first match to Scotland, and and. Yeah, look, I don't know. It's back to the drawing board for these guys, you, just, you know. And it's it's hard because you, you can't, you know. It's not like we can get any continuity for <laughs> yeah. the squad. But um, the under twenties comp and the preparation was the best they've ever had, and, and yeah, still like exactly. come up short. It's 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 a pretty brutal comp. The old twenties comp, you, you kind of lose one game and and you're behind the eight ball completely, and and it goes straight to semi-finals. You don't even get a quarter where you can kind of work your way into it a little bit more, but. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, we've um, yeah we've come up empty again.
1: Yeah, you're right. I think that's a fairly fair assumption. You can't afford to drop one, particularly your first game. You're buying the eight ball from the start. But um, we'll go on and play Scotland uh, for. I think it's what must be the fifth, sixth playoff. Um, in a few days' time. But some good performances here. Like I said, Mac Mason, the Poms were really fast off the line, slowed the ball down well, and, and Mac really had to play a, um, you know, a flat ball to keep his team over the advantage line. And he had some good centers there in Tua Paluto from the Rebels. And Liam Jurd, who I was really impressed with from uh, University Club here in, in Brisbane, who's coming for Campbell Magna, I guess, uh, looked really good um, as well. And, you know, it, it was funny. The, I don't think the Poms played well at well, all. I don't think they... they um, they really played their best. The the line for both teams were shambolic. Like the Poms had a better scrum. I think they had a stronger scrum, but really, really battled hard there. I thought we we, we held our own. Maybe you know the, the points decision to England, but you know we, we toughed it out for sure. And you know a bit to like the, the Poms have got this. Fly half Harry Malander, who they all love. I thought he was pretty average on the night, but you know they're still favourites for the tournament. The Kiwis have been knocked out as well, so it's a it's an interesting talk, uh, interesting tournament there, and we'll see how. Um, hopefully, we can get back up over the Scots uh, in a couple of days' time. Um, the other big news: we want to just focus a little bit on Super Rugby. I guess the big news today is Michael Foley's got the axe. Um, Rob, should it be too much of a surprise? You don't think?
2: No, not at all. I think um, last year and this year, Foley has completely underperformed. He hasn't played a brand of football that's conducive to growing the game in the West, and unfortunately, he's got to go. So um, it's a bit like the Richard Graham dismissal, like might be the nicest guy in the world, might be pretty good at his job, but just unfortunately not good enough. And that's what it comes to in Australian rugby. You need people that can perform the way you want them to, and um, you if you're not going to win games, you need to play extremely attractive rugby in Australia. The market is just too too competitive.
1: Yeah, that's right, in, indeed. Uh, Hugh, uh, this is a time they they really need to think, and it's interesting, the AAU have just taken over, so it's all happened that you can see their, I guess, imprimatur on this, so... Do you reckon the AAU look externally, or they should be looking for one of their own coaches to uh, give greater experience to?
0: Um, look, th- I've said this before. I said this a few weeks ago. There's a very distinct model of coaches that have succeeded at, in Australian rugby and Super Rugby, and that is coaches that have had um, that are that are local coaches with foreign experience, and that's the blueprint. which which Michael Foley had as well, to be honest. So it's not 100% successful, but certainly there's a a couple of coaches doing their thing overseas at the moment who we should have our eye on and who the Queensland Reds have their eye on as well. Uh, I'm not sure the Stuart Lancaster, the foreign model is necessarily the best, but um, I don't think I'm not opposed to that either. It's just about getting getting some fresh blood, some fresh ideas in there and, Michael Foley, as soon as you started having players signing offshore um, because they were disillusioned with the direction the club was heading um, and the talk is, you know, um, Kyle Godwin and Nathan Charles looking elsewhere and, and, you know, they lost um, Steve Murphy and um, a few of the other guys – Ollie Hoskins
1: is going. Some young players. Ollie Hoskins is going. Really really good point. And it happened with the Reds, didn't they? You know, Rod Davies and Ben Lucas. All these guys with you would think would have still a bit of potential. You want to get them in the country. you know, Aidan Tua and Albert Anne, and then all of a sudden, those guys, you know, went away for a year, realised it wasn't always greener. They've come back to the Brumbies. And now there's talk about these other players coming back to the Reds. So, hopefully, you're right. That's similar changes that the force can see these players come back.
0: Yeah, exactly. And let's hope so, because we love the force here, and um, we all we want to do is see them succeed.
1: Exactly. Number one priority, save the West. <laughs> yes. Um now you look talk about new blood and and the other news it happened I think it was at last Friday it was it was all the pre-test lunches and up here um, this guy ain't new blood but is a pretty exciting blood George Smith is coming back to Australian rugby now and, and signing with the Reds now this was a ridiculous evolution of a story I don't think anyone had any word of it uh, Wayne Smith tweeted a bit of stuff on Friday morning um, I, I thought of I you know he'd say he'd seen him looking for property or the story was George Smith was looking for property I, I assumed uh, I made the gag that he might have got mistaken with AJ Gilbert who was uh, a former back row with the dreadlocks too who was um, forged a bit of a career I think almost uh, the George Smith lookalike but, um, but then all of a sudden it was confirmed all within the space of about three or four hours which is astronomical but it blows my mind. Hugh would you ever have thought that Smith one would come back to Australia and play again but two it wouldn't be for the Brumbies
0: yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, what he, you know, especially, I, I wouldn't have thought he would have come back to Australia the first time, which was, what, 2013? Yes. If you would have told me then that he'd be doing another stint in 2016, I would have laughed at you. You know, it's it's it's, it's fantastic. You know, the, it, it's shades of Brad Thorne about it a little bit, coming back to play for the Highlanders that he did later in his career, and hopefully it's more successful, um, even though I think the Highlanders you know, did pretty well with Thorn there. It it it, um Yeah, fantastic news. So the replacement of Liam Gill, you know, comes in and is you know, hopefully can mentor some of those young Queensland guys coming through. You've seen what he's done with with uh with England at the breakdown yeah, exactly. and, and all of a sudden the the, the uh Reds are just starting to have a vibe about them for next year aren't they Reg? You got Stephen yeah. Moore coming back, George Smith, you got Samu Karevi in a couple, of you know
1: then, Kane oh, Douglas, yeah, Wade
0: sniffing around looking for a deal too. Yeah,
1: is, so uh, that's been confirmed. He's leaving Toulon and coming back to Australia. It's just a matter of of where, and and you would think the Reds would be a leading candidate there. So that's uh, yeah, it's exciting times for we Reds fans, and just to have George Smith around the place. And I know Dan Herbert, who's the head of um, the Reds organization, um, and and does a lot of the recruiting. It, it things we get away of, things we are uh, we. Put our older, more mature players out to pasture too quickly. So, is um, a. How does,
0: Bo, how does how do you feel, Bobus? As a Brumbies
1: fan, are you, you feeling like the uh, Reds have cut your
0: grass
2: here? My, no, my love for the Reds for next year has gone up tenfold. No, no, seventeen, nineteenfold with more <laughs> George Smith and Quade Cooper possibly being in their ranks. I just think that. We're going to go back to um, 2011 where you're watching the Reds and you, you're willing them to win. You're willing them to beat the Kiwi sides because that's who we have to beat from now on, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's not about beating the Australian teams. It's about beating the Kiwi teams. We play them just as much.
1: It's a great attitude, Bobus, and I think um, <laughs> I think how we had the Goromaru membership for all our Japanese oh, targets. Who might who might have got a George... good
2: signing with Goromaru, didn't Yeah, they? but
1: I, I think the Reds, looking at a, yeah, the Reds will be looking at a George Spitz Membership for our Brumbies fans. Yeah. So if you want to join up, that's right. We'll be marketing that for you.
2: Oh, I'd, I'd take one. I'd take the weather's better there. I think. <laughs> yeah, you get uh, block a block a Dutton I'll be up, up there like the
1: Japanese <laughs> Jettos interviewing all on sundry. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Um, so great to see him there. We look forward to seeing him around Ballymore. He's going to play the off-seasons in Japan, so it's a lot of rugby for him, but I think just his sheer presence around the place would be fantastic. You talk about uh, experience and, and, and quality individuals and what they provide to an organisation. Uh, well, the Waratahs have lost a quality one this past week with Ben Robinson um, announcing his retirement hugh that 's a huge loss and and you know understandable it's, it's injury it 's not how you 'd like him to see him go but it 's uh, a huge blow for the Waratahs. A, a a wonderful wallaby and Waratah um and very popular player yeah and and
0: it could be the last of last of the genuine clubmen in yeah. you know, in, in a super rugby sense where you know he he um had, you know holds the games records for games played i think he's sitting at 148 or 149 and um was never really looking to go anywhere else um privately i think one of the reasons was his his partner didn't want to go overseas um <laughs> and sort of uh denied his, his request to do so but um regardless of whether that's true or not i mean what a legend of the waratahs uh you know like they're just just you know, solidified our scrum over over the course of what you know seven, eight, nine years, and and um, had a, had a good stint for the Wallabies, but but just such a great servant of the Waratahs, and and um, a real shame for him to go out. You know, whenever an athlete doesn't get to go out on their own terms, it, it's always tough, and and you see it in rugby from time to time, um, but nothing quite as quite as sudden as this. You know, well we saw it with. Um, Itavire earlier earlier this yeah, year, yeah. Good and, point. You know yeah. that's that's that was that was pretty um pretty tough, and and so is this. I think, and you know Robbo's lucky he, he was in the twilight of his career in a mm. sense, and and you know you felt like his his best days were probably behind him, but still, it's it's never good to see. So um, I hope they give him a really good send off at at the next Waratahs home game, and he gets a a big standing ovation from 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 everyone because he certainly deserves it.
1: Yeah, well said, you and and to Ben. Robinson, uh, we wish you best, best of luck with your next endeavours and hope you stay around rugby. I'm sure you will, whether it be for Eastwood or the Waratahs. So it's uh, great to see you there. Um, uh, he was an Eastwood boy, wasn't he, Hugh? Yeah, yeah, yep. okay. all those loose head props and the waratahs generally are. Um, all right, and the final thing I think worth talking about, unless you guys want to jump in, is uh, the women's rugby. So the the women's 15s national championships is on in a couple of weeks. Down in review. It's on the the weekend on the 24th of June. But the big news uh, is that Bill Corp, who's you know, a great rugby supporter, they support the NRC and uh, most of university rugby clubs in Australia, and, and they've thrown their weight and, and money around behind the women's program now. So we know women's sevens is, is taking off, but now the 15s is getting back up there. And, and the, uh, with the World Cup uh, next year... The Wallaroos squad, which is our women's 15 squad, are actually, with a bit of help from the RU and obviously Bill Corp, are going to play a doubleheader against the uh, the All Blacks, the Black Ferns female All Blacks, uh, later this year. And, and including, so they're going to do a tour of New Zealand, a three-match tour of New Zealand. But um, one of those matches will be a curtain raiser to that Eden Park-Bursley Cup match. So what a fantastic experience and a great boost for the code there. So congrats to all involved. Um, by all reports, Bill Pulver has been really pushing for the the growth of this women's game, and not just in sevens, and and to have a supporter like Bill Corp alongside him is it, fantastic. Good good signs for the game. Oh, how, how, let's. I
0: mean, let's take a second. I mean, yeah, we we talk uh, a lot of women's rugby on this, and and it's and Bill Corp. I mean, the the suckers um, yeah. who, who are the two sort of. Um, I think it's Tony and Josephine.
1: Josephine,
0: um, yep. Uh, I, uh, and i mean they're, they're, these are the supporters of our game that we really need to stand up and applaud and, and and hope to encourage more people to do that. I mean just you know if if we all had had uh, the 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 uh the wealth and the means that they do, then we'd like to think that we would do that but unfortunately i 'm not sure about about you Reginald, hosting this podcast is pretty lucrative for you but um <laughs> i unfortunately am not not near that level yet and and, and most people aren 't but um you know to step up and continually support our game um to to support our game in the way that they do i mean it, it it's so fantastic and it, and it, and it um you know it, it benefits all, all across our game and to see them doing it again for for the wallaroos and our, and women's rugby it, it's 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 so commendable so um yeah, yeah, I mean, and look, I, I think I've I've heard rumors, Reg, that that, that they're planning the next sort of um, part of rugby they want to support is is podcasts actually. So uh, that's um, destroys. No, they've, that the so. they've
1: seen the future. They've seen the future.
0: Yeah. So and, and look, if and again, Bill Corp, if, if you just want to sponsor one member of a podcast, not a whole <laughs> podcast,
1: um, feel feel free to get in touch. Um,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Because I think that's their their catchphrase, isn't it? Bill Corp doing it for Hugh. <laughs> yes so well, great great cause and, and well done to Bill Court, well, well done to the ARU and, and, and good luck to all the uh, the ladies play, taking part in the women's uh, national championships in a couple of weeks time over there at Review, Riverview and we'll cover that ourselves uh, on the site and, uh, on, and on the podcast indeed that pretty much wraps us up guys Hugh uh, thanks for your time uh, where you going to watch the game this weekend mate at home
0: I don't know. Might might be at home. I struggle with these things in public places. I've been warned yeah. off a number of establishments already for for throwing things at screens. But the the um yeah, I'm nervous about it. I, I haven't. I've actually tried to dodge a lot of the pre-game coverage, to be honest. Because I, I I yeah I I'm, I'm a bit. I'm very nervous about it. Very
1: yeah, it's, nervous. So it's it's going to be a great feeling, game. But, yeah, different feeling yeah. to lastly. What are you, about you, Bob? It's where you got to be, mate?
2: I'm I'm gonna be at the game this weekend. Uh, thanks to the um thanks to the Green and Gold Rugby Forums, um got me some special code to get me into the pre sale seats and um, got to choose my seats so that was fantastic. Ahead of time, so make Excellent. sure you get on the green and gold rugby forums, make friends with some people, and they'll do right <laughs> by you. All
1: sorts of outcomes for rugby there, so that's great, guys. There's also club rugby on this weekend, um, so but let's all get behind the Wallabies and, and wear your gold and and stay strong. And we look forward to uh, chatting with the Egg Chaser podcast perhaps Sunday night, but we'll also touch base with everyone again next week and hopefully celebrating a, a rugby Wallaby victory. So thanks for your listening, and we'll catch you next week.